Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of the Determined Mom Show. I'm your host, Amanda Tento, and I have the amazing Sarah Thomas here. She is a 44-year-old personal trainer, fitness instructor, nutrition coach, business mentor, wife, mom of three, and she's also the founder and CEO of Burn Fat and Feast. Welcome, Sarah. I'm very excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. It's so timely. And we're going to talk today about how to look and feel your best after the new year hype is gone. We all have experienced that. Like January 1st is perpetually a New Year's resolution, fitness, health, nutrition, you know, that we all set. And many times we fall flat of actually keeping it. We want you to share with us how in the heck are we going to do it this year? It's 2023. Help us. This is huge because every year, January 1st is a reset. Everybody wants to reset everything in their life. Health and wellness, obviously, is a huge components in most people's new goals. And there's just this new energy that we feel come January 1st. And I think what what makes me the most sad about this is that the statistics say over 90% of people, especially in our country, will throw in the towel after January, like after about four weeks of attempting all these new great things in their life. There are a few reasons why people do this. And three top ones that I want to talk about really quick today. The first one is that we just simply overcommit. <laughs> like I said, we want to do all the things differently in our life. We're going to be organized and our relationships will be better and we'll make time for our kids and we'll have these health and wellness goals and do all the things better and greater. And we set too many goals. I'm not a huge fan of resolutions in general, and we'll talk through that a little bit today. But this is a big one. One of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan is because if over 90% of us are thrown in the towel after January, why do we do it? But that's one of the reasons is that we're we're overcommitting. We're doing too many things. We're setting all the things in front of us, and it's not realistic. That The second reason why we are just giving up after January is that we have that all or nothing attitude. We start and we are maybe depriving ourselves of food that we love. We're under eating. Maybe you're attempting to work out six days a week when you weren't consistent in the beginning. And it's, we just, we have this, okay, I'm going to do these things. And no matter what, I'm sticking to this. And we don't leave any room for truly life to happen (laughs) in the mix of of things. It's kind of all or nothing, right? Like all I have to do like, all of it perfectly or can't do it. Like it's just not right. happening. And then we see ourselves as failing when we aren't doing all the things that we yeah. set in front of us. And it's not, it shouldn't feel like a winning and failing. There's a middle ground. So we can, part of setting goals and part of working towards them is the journey. And the journey is sometimes two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back, but that's part of it. We should never feel like it has to be an all or nothing. But the third reason that we are throwing in the towel here here is that we have this mental picture in front of us of how it's supposed to go, of your new life come January 1st, all the newness in front of you and how it's going to feel and how it's going to look. And you're excited, 
but it doesn't always happen that way. And I always picture this as I'm really good about this. I always picture it as you're setting yourself up for this family vacation or this trip in front of you and you're planning and there's the excitement of the planning. And, and again, you have that visual of how it's going to look and how it's going to feel to you. And sometimes when you go on that trip, it can feel like disappointing or the plain thing leading up to it feels more exciting than the actual trip because we set ourselves up for that by picturing this mental place that sometimes is just unrealistic. So the three big ones. And so when we step into February, it's okay. The honeymoon phase has is over officially. Maybe I can't do all those things, or maybe it's not really, I'm not meant to do all of those things and do all of them at one time. And today we're talking a little bit about how we can reset those intentions, right? How can we go from that state of doing all the things and now feeling overwhelmed and feeling sometimes like we failed come February and how we can not be one of those 90 plus percent statistics of feeling like we're throwing in the towel and how we do this as, especially as women in our forties and beyond when we're trying to really focus on our internal health with our hormones and our metabolism health as part of that. Yes. Those are huge so, things, especially huge, huge. And they're huge. in when you are no longer really looking at health and wellness out from the outside of the six pack or fitting into your size two jeans or those are those things they come the physical part comes but what we should be more focused on and really what I see women around me now are focused more on that and they understand the internal wellness is that is the inside wellness how are you rebuilding yourself from the inside out. How is your gut health? What, is, what about your mindset? How are your hormones, your metabolism? Like all these things are ebbing and flowing and changing as we get older. And those need to be priority number one. And that's honestly the foundation of where it all starts. I love that. It's such a good message for this audience, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are we ready to dive in? I have five, five ways that we can reset our intention. I am ready to dive in because this is something I usually it's funny because I usually start in like November, December with my fitness. Like when I get on a track, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I have to just do this now. And then I can get through the holidays. I can get through probably about six to seven months sometimes. When I start in January, there's just something about it. It's just that trigger. I would love to know what is going to make it different this year for sure. I love that you said that you started in before the new year. That is a fantastic strategy. And really, you can reset your intentions anytime throughout the year. But I love that strategy because when you get in some habits before the New York start, you're already five, 10 steps ahead of yes. where you could be come January. I do call these resetting intentions for a reason because New Year's resolutions, that name has a really bad connotation to success versus failure. And most likely it's failure because you continually make the same ones year after year. And all right, we're talking about the intentions. How can we reset and refocus and feel like we are making those steps in the right direction? The first one is that you need to make something a habit in your day. 
And there are many things that we can do, many goals that we can set, but we have to pull some of the layers apart and focus on the one. We're talking about the number one priority, the number one habit. What's that one thing that you need to focus on right now that will push everything else forward? You may be listening, thinking, but I need to eat better. I need to work out. I need to focus on sleep. That's great. And we all, we can all sit here and peel back the layers and say, okay, here's my list of 5 million things that I need to change. But when you dig in a little deeper, it's, there's one thing that, that is the eat that frog. If, if you read that book or not, but that's an awesome book. Brian Tracy. Everybody should read that book. What is that one thing that will be hardest for you to tackle? And that's all you need to focus on. For example, if you're like, okay, I, I'm working out and going to the gym regularly, at least I'm going like three or four days a week, but it's nutrition. I really need to make some changes to nutrition. Then that's your one thing. That's your one thing you're going to change. Everything else stays. And I call this the domino effect because if you tr- truly choose the one thing that is going to push you forward, that's the domino. That's the very first domino that pushes all the others forward. And that's what pushes your wellness ahead. For example, I'll just give you a few examples because sometimes that helps you trigger like what will work well for you. If you want to build muscle, right? If you want to get stronger, if that's your physical priority, then you need to figure out a way that you can make number one priority in your day working out. And maybe that's very first thing in the morning. Maybe that means you're waking up at 5 a.m. How do you start that, right? If that is the goal, how do you start that? That may start with going to bed earlier, simply to get up early in the morning. For that first domino is that pulls everything else in front is what you want to do. And I will disclaimer here, a little side note. If you're saying that my goal, my big priority is to meal plan, you don't make it a priority to plan your meals or go grocery shopping. Actually do it, right? Do it. Then maybe that isn't your priority right now in your season of life. You know, that's, there's, that's a gut check too. How important is this for you? If it's your priority, you will figure it out. And I always say this, if it's your priority and it's your number one thing, you will and make time for it. And you always have time for the thing that you do first in your day. But you always make time for the very first thing. As the day goes long on or later, it's maybe I'm not going to cook dinner. Maybe I'm not going <laughs> to work out. Yeah. Always make time for the very first thing in your day. Keep that in mind. I love that. I love working out first thing because it gives you a energy, right? And also even just, even if it's just journaling or whatever you pick, for your first thing or whatever that domino is, you said, I think whatever that is, it sets your whole day up for success. At least that's what I've found. Absolutely. I'm not in that mode right now at all as we're recording this zero, but hopefully <laughs> when this airs, I will be in that mode. Once you grow this baby and exactly and this baby out in the world. Exactly. Your season of life changes too. And that is, and as we walk through all five of these, that's also something that I want to make sure you understand is that Seasons of life change. And these are things that you need to go back to to decide, is that still my number one priority? Because oftentimes, maybe it's not. Maybe saving money for a special trip is your number one priority. And that's what you're going to work on for this season of your life. It's a really good thing to mention too. I'm glad you brought that up. The second thing here that you want to really focus 
on when you are resetting these intentions, and this is a food-based one, is prioritizing protein. And this is important for women, especially late 30s and beyond, because there are a few things. Number one, protein helps to repair and build muscle. We lose muscle mass starting in our 20s. That's a big deal because the muscle has a lot to do with our metabolism and how fast or how fast we feel it is. Muscle and protein, specifically protein, helps to burn fat. Muscle and protein helps to burn our fat. It also helps to regulate our hormones. And when you are focusing on any type of internal health, you know, what you're putting in your body obviously has a huge impact on that. When you're prioritizing protein, if you're like, okay, how do I do that? What I feel lost. You want to make sure that you're eating protein every single time you eat. Of a lot of women that come to me when they start burn fat and feast and they're snackers, like I want to snack throughout the day or I just, I sometimes I'll grab an apple and that's great, right? That's a whole food, but stacking your apple with protein will help you feel full longer. It will help you repair and build those muscles. And again, it's just that compound effect of regulating your hormones and increasing your metabolism. Prioritize protein. And if you're looking at it, you're tracking your macronutrients at all. Really, women want to get around 30 grams of protein at every meal. And most women are under eating protein. And it's so simple. Just add a little bit more to it. When I make soup, I just add more protein to it. When I eat anything at home that, let's say it's a chicken breast, I just have one and a half. Like Just adding a little bit to what you're already eating is the easiest way to do that. I love that. And then that way, if you have a deficit in the next meal or like you don't have a snack or something, like something happens because like you said, life happens and you can't always predict what's going to happen. I love that idea of just adding a little bit more to each meal because you never know what's going to happen next. Exactly. And not overcomplicating it. You just don't overcomplicate it. And oftentimes you'll find that if you are a snacker throughout the day, there's a reason that you're snacking. And typically that's because you're under eating. 90% of women are under eating. And if you are under eating, you want to snack. You feel that urge to snack throughout the day. If you're prioritizing protein, you're eating more protein, you most likely are you're full. You don't feel like you need it. And your energy levels are high. If you have that mid-afternoon crash, just that will help as well. The third thing you want to think about to reset these intentions is strength training. And I touched on that with building muscle on the last one, but strength training is huge. All movement is good movement. I will forever say all movement is good movement. But if you are focusing on internal wellness, in turn, focusing on the outside physical wellness, and really just focus on increasing how you're experiencing your daily life, strength training and adding muscle will never be a bad thing. As I said, we start losing muscle mass in our 20s. We continually lose muscle mass. And once we hit our 40s in our 50s and later, we start losing it at a higher rate, a higher percentage every single year. And this is a big deal because it helps to increase our metabolism. Number one, that's a big one. Number two, it helps to regulate our hormones as we get older. Number three, it, it decreases our risk for inner injury. We have more muscle mass. We are not susceptible to, to injuries, just those crazy ones where you're just like walking along and really doing nothing. <laughs> and you just pull a muscle and you're like, oh, help us. We've all experienced those. Yeah. But as we get older, we're more susceptible to those. I don't know what I did. Something happened. Picked uh, up a but, pencil. <laughs> whatever it was. 
the picture of the pencil and I hurt my back. And now as we get older and we've probably seen this, you've probably seen this in someone that you love that's elderly who gets injured easier. It's a lack of muscle mass that's protecting our joints. And if you want to live a long, full life, strength training is a non-negotiable. And it is one of those things where like, if you do nothing else, like find strength training in your day and your week. Tip number four, and this is one of my favorites because I think as an, at an earlier age in life, a lot of us just use this and put our blinders on. Like, I know I need to do this, but I'm not. And that's resting, resting well. And there's so many ways that we can look at rest. And I'm going to talk about all of them because they're all important. Digestive rest in the term of giving yourself and your internal health a chance to stop digesting. That's very important for gut health. And our, our stomach is either digesting or it's resting. That's it. It's doing two things, either digesting or it's resting. And when we are constantly eating, when we wake up and we start eating and we are eating and all the way until we go to bed, the only time we're giving ourselves digestive rest is during those nighttime hours when we're sleeping. And then we start that cycle again. We really do need to give our bodies a longer chance to digestive, have digestive rest. And I'm sure some people have heard of intermittent fasting and how to do that correctly. And maybe you're doing it now or whatever. Implementing some of that in your life is definitely good for overall wellness. Again, will help your metabolism and hormones. There's lots of bad advice out there dive into all of that today, but lots of bad advice. But definitely if you can just stop at dinner, stop eating at dinner, and then just give yourself that time while you are going through your evening hours and through your sleep hours and into the morning, like that is great. That is a great thing that you can do for yourself. Um, giving yourself rest in terms of just sleeping, just allow yourself to sleep. <laughs> it is the most discounted thing ever. And a lot of us, like I said, in our earlier years, use that as a badge of honor. Like, yes. I only need five hours. I only got this and I feel amazing. In college and in your 20s when you're like going out and you stay out till three in the morning and then you realize now, like when you're a mom and you're in your 40s, you're like, I think I would probably be dead if I did that. Like, I don't think that my body would physically get there. Like, how did we do that? No. How did we do that? And why did we think it was a good idea? Obviously, in college years, right, you're having a good time. And that's least of your worries. But as we get older, that's not a badge of honor. And I think sometimes we still use it as a badge of honor if we're working women. If we are trying to juggle just being a mom but doing all the things, often that's still a badge of honor. I didn't get much sleep, but it's fine. I'll just power through. It really isn't fine. It is really one of those things that we need to stop and make this more of an intention in our day, getting at least minimum seven hours. We Our bodies really need up to eight, eight to nine hours of sleep. I'm not getting hours of sleep. But I do try to get the eight hours in. And sometimes that means just saying no to some things. Sometimes that means saying no to dishes in the sink. And that's okay because your sleep is way more important than leaving dirty dishes in your sleep sink overnight that nobody's even going to know about, right? That's true. And sometimes that also means turning off devices. You can mentally start to recharge your body. And that also, we're talking about rest, also means giving yourself physical rest from workouts. 
if you're somebody that is working out six, seven days a week, give yourself the chance to have that mental and physical reset. That one's so, really important. Absolutely. It, it is really important. And it, it's actually been researched many times. We're talking about metabolism and hormones and losing weight as we get older. That if you are sleep deprived, if you are not allowing your body to rest, you are going to hold on to everything. Your yes. cortisol, your stress hormone is going to be high. You're going to hold on to all your excess fat because your body's in that fight or flight mode. Like it's, what are we doing? You're not allowing us to calm down. You're not allowing your nervous system to chill holds on it in that fight or flight mode. Yes. Have you ever seen that show on Netflix? I can't remember the name of it. I don't know if it's like awake or something, but it's like a game show where these people stay up for 24 hours and then they have to perform like the craziest mindless tasks. Uh And almost all of them just like instantly fail because without rest, it's just they're like basically useless <laughs> just yeah, for silly absolutely. things. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I love that you just said that because yes, your mind mentally, you're not focused, you're foggy. And there's a lot of research now talking about how our body and our mind, like everything in our body and our mind, our brain and our physical body, the effects of the lack of sleep with alcohol, they're kind of pairing the two. And what they're saying is that As you are sleep deprived, even three days in a row of not getting seven hours of sleep, your body starts to function like it's intoxicated with the brain fog, with the limitations that you have when you're intoxicated. There is, there's so much truth to this. That's scary. It is scary. So scary. I always keep that in mind when I, when I have the urge to maybe work a little bit longer or stay up a little bit later or maybe watch that show like. No, it's really not that important. And you can do it tomorrow, right? Like you can do anything you can do today. You can do it tomorrow. It's fine. That's right. That's right. Okay. So the fifth uh, reset here, the fifth thing that you can do to reset your intention is to grant yourself grace. And I'm speaking to all the women out there who feel like that they should do everything perfectly all the time because it just doesn't happen. Life wasn't meant for us to walk through it perfectly and have all the answers and have it all figured out and do everything that needs to be done on the to-do list every day. Life happens. That's what it's about, right? It will always throw you a curveball. And I speak from a perfectionist point of view because I am Enneagram 1. I'm the perfectionist. If anybody understands this and has had to work through the process of truly granting myself grace to the years. I'm your girl. I'm your girl here. I get all of you who are, are that person, but it does set you up for curveballs. And when you find yourself in a place where you can say, okay, I know there are going to be curveballs this week. I know that I have my schedule set up for today, but it won't pan out exactly the way that I have it. When you know that and when you're okay with it, then life feels so much better and at ease. And I will say that I have had to, when I set my schedule for the week, I leave margin for those things. I leave margin for the curveballs, whether it's a work thing that happens that diverts my attention, or it's a sick kid that I have to go get from school, or if it's an unexpected something with my dog, whatever, whatever it is. 
I truly leave space in my day now for the what if. And I have found that has helped me navigate better when they come my way. And then some days they don't, they don't come up. There's nothing big that happens. And it's okay. Now I have an extra two hours of my day, you know, that I don't have to fill with the unexpected. I always keep that in mind, number one. And the other thing I do when I'm granting myself grace is to remind myself that you can do anything, but you cannot do everything, right? Mm -hmm. We can do anything at all, but we can't do it all (laughs) in our lives. And to give yourself grace and focus on the progress over the perfection. And that's one of the things that we talk about over and over again in Burn, Fat, and Feast, progress over perfection, because we are a bunch of women who want to do everything and do everything well. We incorporate our favorite foods. So it's not an all or nothing. And so if you are are focusing on trying to grant yourself grace and you're struggling with it, I would just say find support. Find a community that's going to help you through that to be in your corner because it is, it's a process. I love it. I have a question, technical, yes. because I have to know all of the details. How do you build that time into your day? Do you build like an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, like two hours in the middle? Like, how are you doing that? Oh, that's a great question. I will go back to what I mentioned earlier of whatever is your priority, your number one, do it in the morning. Because you always have time for the things in the morning. Number is most important. And what I do on my daily to-do is I set my top three. I call them your my big three. My big three for the day. Those are the big three things that that need to happen for the day. I do those immediately that those things happen. And I do work out first thing in the morning at 5 a.m. After my workout, I do the big three for the day. And I have found that Typically, when life throws me a curveball, it's later. It's not at 8 a.m. It's not at 7 a.m. If I have a kid that's staying home sick from school, I actually had one of my kids home yesterday. That is, we had a doctor's appointment. That wasn't at 7 a.m. That was at 1030. And I was able to do some of those big three. And I normally I normally leave margin in my day later. I leave the afternoon, some of those afternoon hours open as flex hours. And if I don't need those for life, then I will just fill it with something else and get a little ahead where I feel for that next day. I love that. I love the margin for sure. I think I need to leave a little more margin in some of my days. Then that way I can have that either catch up time or... I don't know, just take a nap. I don't know at this point, whatever I need to do. Right. And whatever you feel like is going to serve you well that day or that point in your life is, and just a side note, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Even when you leave your margin for those things, there, there could be something that comes up where you're like, you have to erase everything for the entire day or for the entire week. But this will help you feel less stress and less overwhelm on a daily basis for sure. Okay. I have a bonus if we're okay with doing a bonus yeah, strategy. Yeah. Okay. And this is really for those. And again, I speak from my heart here and from experience. This is for anybody listening who feels like, okay, I would want to get started. I know I need to pick that one thing to pull that, that will be the domino that pulls everything else forward and helps me. But, but how do I do it? This is a strategy. If you just need help getting started with something, right? 
doing one thing, even if it ends up not being that first domino, is you're doing one thing that will get you in the habit. And that's what we need is to get in the habit of doing one thing consistently before we add something else to it. And that's why I say push everything else aside and just focus on one. How you get started with this, and this works on so many levels, is to habit stack. And if you've never done habit stacking before, if you've never heard of habit stacking, it's really simple. You take a current habit that you're you're currently doing, something that you do and you want to continue doing, and you stack it with something that you want to do. You can also do this with things that you don't want to, but let's just focus on the things that you want to implement in your life. Using something that you do all the time and you're adding to it. Here's an example of something that I wanted to do. I wanted to really start doing some affirmations and I wasn't making it a priority in my day and wasn't doing them on a regular basis. So I posted them truly on a post-it note in my bathroom on the wall. And I would say them out loud and say them to myself while I was brushing my teeth. A habit is I'm brushing my teeth twice a day. And I stacked that habit with something that I wanted to do with those affirmations. And it's made me feel so much better. That's super simple. Another one that I have used in the past is coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. Love my coffee in the morning. It's a habit. I pour a cup of coffee every day. I don't have to think about it. It's a habit. I was trying to get in the habit of doing my workouts at 5 a.m. And I was falling off doing that and putting it off until later. And I just, I did not like how it felt. In order to have my coffee in the morning, I stacked it with working out. So it was almost like a reward. I would drink my coffee, but I first would do my workout. And then I would drink my coffee that you can do this in many other ways too. If you're thinking about something that you want to really stop that you feel is not serving you well, I'll use the example of our devices that oftentimes are in our way for our relationships, maybe going to bed. Is a habit could be you walk in your house and you put your stuff down in your mudroom, then you put your phone down and you charge your phone and it stays there. Or a habit is you cook dinner at night and you sit down to eat dinner every night. And that is your cue when you sit down to eat dinner to put your phone away for the evening and it's charging. Any ways that you can just take something that you're doing consistently and add to it. I have had clients that have said that they've used, they're really good about doing devotions in the morning or gratitude journals in the morning, but they also wanted to do their workout in the morning. And so I'm like, okay, you're in a habit of doing your devotion already. Take your journal, whatever you're, whatever you're using, take your notebook and put it in your workout space. Mm-hmm. If it's a gym, your that. garage or whatever. And so you have to be dressed in order to go and do your gratitude and you're in your space around your workout equipment. You do that and then you work out. It's just stacking those habits on top. I love it. That's the best bonus that I think I've ever had on the show. Yes, definitely. Thank you for sharing all of this amazing information and helping us to get through uh, this new year slump that we're probably all in right now. I truly appreciate you being here. And I know that you have something that you would love to share with the audience. You have a free five-day training. Yes, we do have a free five-day training if you want to learn more about what we do in Burnt Fat and Beast, how we focus on the progress of perfection, how we teach our clients to eat more rather than less, do those effective workouts, and really heal our body from the inside out. We offer a free five-day training. You can sign up for that on our website, burnfatandbeast.com. 
it's right there on the main page. And if you have trouble, you can certainly reach out to me or anyone on our team. We are Instagram and Facebook and all the places, Burn Fat and Feast. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here, sharing your wisdom, and also sharing your program with us. We truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's face it, piecing together a marketing plan with the things you hear, watch, or read online while tempting is never a good idea. The truth is people don't search on social media for your services. And even if they do, they will still be going to Google to check your ratings. By not having a cohesive proven marketing system, you are leaking clients and customers through giant holes in your customer acquisition bucket. But let's talk about what else isn't working. Posting tirelessly on social media, tracking followers as a business metric for success, paying for ineffective marketing, buying glossy ads in coupon magazines, spending time replying to comments, paying others to manage your social media with no actual sales coming in. What is going to work? Having a proven marketing system in place will plug every hole in your bucket and allow you to begin to fill up with new customers and to also retain and nurture your current ones. Go to tdm-marketing forward slash six dash marketing dash musts and download our free guide to six marketing musts guaranteed to get you more customers.